Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Y'all right? Praise the Lord. All right, guys. So I'm excited to have you here today. Um, We are going to continue uh, teaching from the book of Romans. Somebody making a joyful noise unto the Lord this morning. (laughs) All right. So... um, I don't want to weary your patience. We had an amazing time last week. How many of you guys enjoyed our anniversary Sunday? All right, so we're so so excited about what God is doing and what God is doing. Um, and I just want to go right to the word today, if that's okay with you guys. All right, so I'm going to ask you guys to turn to me to the book of Romans, uh, the ninth chapter. I'm going to do a lot of teaching today, if that's all right. Hey, Jody. Um, do a lot of teaching today, if that's okay. Um, I got a lot to say here, but I'm going to try to get it what I need to say within a set time uh, because i uh, got another service at four, um, but I'm not going to cut you guys short um, for somebody else. Y'all belong. Hope Haven, that's right. All right, so Romans 9, you guys there? Amen. All right. All right, Jody there? I'm there. <laughs> I always pick on Jody, y'all. She going to learn her Bible, and one day... She's just going to open it and just land right on the scriptures before I get there. <laughs> All right. Book of Romans. All right. You guys ready for real tonight, today? Amen. I'm going to be saying a lot. I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to say a lot, okay? All right. This is going to be a tough uh, topic because we're going to be dealing with the predetermined will of God. All right. Um, there's a lot of argument over will, our free will. And God's will. Um, so we're going to talk about our will versus God's will and how sometimes we have our plans in our minds of how we want things to work out, but it's not necessarily the determined will of God concerning our destiny. All right. So it's going to get a little, 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 little rough in here. All right. Amen. You guys with me? Amen. All right. So this is Apostle Paul speaking uh, in the book of Romans. Uh, I'm just going to read here verses uh, one through four just to start us off. And it says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience is testifying to me with the Holy Spirit that I have intense sorrow and continual continual anguish. I cannot read today in my heart. For I could almost wish to be cursed and cut off from the Messiah for the benefit of my brothers, my own flesh and blood. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promises. Woo! Sometimes it can appear that God is not fair. I wish y'all could tell the truth. I know we told you don't question the Lord. But sometimes there are situations in our lives where we look at God and say, come on, God. This is not the way I planned it to be. And we struggle with God's will because sometimes he's taken us in some far turns in our life that if we could have written the script for our life, 
this part of our life never would have been included. Am I talking to myself today? Anybody in here, there's certain parts that if you could write your own biography, you would cut certain parts out. Or if you could write your own destiny, there are certain things that you would never have to go through. You would never lose certain people in your life and you would never lose certain situations and certain jobs and certain privileges and certain things would have never uh, been uh, manipulated. But somehow God found purpose in putting us in those tough situations because God knows more than us. And we have to sometimes accept the perfect will of God, even when it's hard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Apostle Paul, if you're reading verses one through four, he's struggling. He's struggling here in verses one through four because he has to deal with the fact that there are people amongst him that will not accept the gospel. Not only are these people among him, but he says that this is my flesh and blood meaning I have to live with the fact that I'm going to have family that is not going to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And he says, it anguishes my heart so much that if I could, I would shift places with them. I heard them ums. Some of us, we like, look, I'm trying to make it. I ain't look. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Paul, I understand what you're saying here, but truth be told, if I can get there. <laughs> but for some reason, I believe him. I believe Paul. And I believe that as he's writing this scripture, it's hurting him and tears are falling down his face because he has seen people go to church their whole entire life, but not really know God. Mm. He has seen people go through the religious exercise. He has seen people memorize the Torah. He has seen people do all of the things that are so-called churchy. But at the end of the day, they reject the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is uncomfortable. And not only is it uncomfortable, but it's hard sometimes to accept and Paul is going through some situations eternally because it just does not appear to be fair, God, that these people are not going to be saved too. They are your people. How are you not going to save them when the whole Old Testament consists of their story? Y'all quiet. Paul is struggling in this text, not just because of the Jews rejecting the gospel, but the Jews are also his family. And like I said, one of the toughest pills to swallow is when folks close to us reject the gospel. Not only that, but they appeared to be on the right track. And he talks about seven things that God gave these people. Are you with me? Number one, he called them Israelites. They were Israelites. Root word, Israel. I told you I'm a teacher today. Root word, Israel. Y'all remember the man by the name of Jacob? Jacob wrestles with the Lord. And what happens? God says, let me go. He says, I will not let you go till you bless me. And what does he do? He breaks the hollow of his thigh, but he still holds on. 
And finally, he says, what do you want from me? He says, I want to be blessed. He says, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. He says, don't you call yourself that. That's right. That's right. Because Jacob means trickster. And what he had to explain to him is that in order for you to walk in God, your identity has to change. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So I'm not going to allow you to call yourself trickster. I now have to make you call yourself Israel, which means prince of God. And not only will you be a prince of God, but you're going to have other children who will be called the children of Israel or the princes of God. So now Paul is looking at his people who have the term princes and princesses of God, but yet you're telling me that they possibly may not enter into the kingdom of God? Tough, right? Number two. <laughs> I got darn working. They were adopted as sons. Children of Israel now go into Egypt. Y'all with me? And when they go into Egypt, God releases them from the hands of Pharaoh and he calls them his sons and daughters, AKA the children of Israel, meaning that he adopted them as his own. Which tells me that I can technically be a son of God, but still reject his ways. Number three, they experienced the glory of God. Woo! You guys remember when they were walking through the wilderness? And what was in front of them when it was hot? A pillow of cloud? And what happened at night? What was in front of them? A fire so that they could see direction. God showcased his glory. You guys remember the Day of Atonement? And on the Day of Atonement, when the priest would bring their offering, what would happen? He sat on the mercy seat, but how would he show that he was uh, uh, pleased with their offering? The Shekinah glory would come out of the tabernacle. Do you remember when Moses went up to Mount Sinai? Yeah. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai and they sat at the foot of the mountain, what did they see? They seen the glory of God. God revealed a certain portion of them. And you're telling me I've seen a certain portion of him. I'm a prince of God. I'm a son of God. And yet I can be rejected by God. This just comes to show some of us that just because we come to church don't mean we have relationship. Amen. And don't get so caught up in your religiosity that you think that religion saves you. No, it goes beyond just the confines of structure and we do this on Sunday and we serve communion and we do this thing. No, I have to move beyond just the structure of church into having relationship with church or else I'm nothing more but a church member. I'm not just a church member. I'm a true son and a true daughter of God. Who am I talking to in here today? Number four. Okay. <laughs> they were in covenant with God. There were four covenants, more than four covenants, but I'm, I'm going to deal with a few. The first was the Abrahamic covenant. I know I'm talking deep today. I promise you, I'm, I'm going to make sense to this in a minute. Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 12. Get from out of thy country, out of thy kindred into a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee great. And I will bless them that bless them and curse thee that curse thee. God gives them a covenant through Abraham. But then there's the Mosaic Covenant, Deuteronomy 28. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed in your comings and blessed in your goings. Y'all know that one. But if you read, that's a conditional covenant because it also says, if you go later on down in that same chapter, that if you don't obey my commandments, cursed in the city, cursed in the field. 
cursed in your comings, cursed in your going. So it's a covenant, but it's a condition, conditional covenant. Third covenant is the Davidic covenant. That David pleased God so much that God said, upon the throne forever shall be the lineage of David. And we find that if we go through the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1 and go up a bunch of generations, 10 generations or more, we land on David, which symbolizes that God fulfilled his word. Now you're going to say, okay, that was on Joseph, but technically Joseph ain't Jesus' daddy. God is Jesus' daddy. So technically, it ain't right because Joseph technically is not biologically the father of Joseph. Okay, cool. Go to Luke 3. And Luke 3, through Mary, we go up and we still find David. So God says, in order for me to justify this, I'm going to make sure that Jesus on his mama's side and on his daddy's side comes through the bloodline of David so that I can fulfill my word. Yes. Look how structured God is. Yes. 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 Amen. Number five. They were given the law. They were taught what pleased God. They were taught how far they were from God. They were taught how to live a holy life. Even if they could not meet the mark, they still knew the mark. Because God entrusted them with the law. Number six, they were given the temple. And not only were they given the temple, but no one else was allowed in the temple unless you were an Israelite or a Jew. Look at all this, look at all of this, these benefits of being a Jew. And the last one. They were given the promises of God. So look at all of these benefits, y'all. And you're telling me after all of these benefits, Paul is still grieved that there's a possibility that with all of these benefits they were given from God, they may not go to heaven. God does not seem fair. I said it. Why did you take me through all of that just to tell me I still ain't got it right? And can I tell you something? Y'all with me? The truth of the matter is God is too fair. How'd you get that? Can I show you how God is too fair? God created man and, and, and woman. Y'all remember that? Genesis 1. And what happened when Adam sinned? He changed the nature of creation. He changed man into a sinful nature. Woman became sinful nature. The earth became sinful nature. And that's why in Romans 8, we hear, we talked about this on Bible study on last week, that the earth even groans because it's in pain from Adam's sin. Y'all missed it. The earth is dealing with the consequences of the sin of Adam. So if you read Romans 8, it says the, uh, the creation groans for the sons of God to be manifested. Because not only did we mess ourselves up, but we messed the earth up. Yes, yes, amen, amen, amen. Y'all with me? So at that point, once Adam sinned, God could have killed and wiped out mankind, but he let man live. Which shows us that he was more than fair. Yes, yes, yes. 
Y'all with me? He shows us that he was more than fair. Not only does he show us, shows us that he's more than fair, but he also shows us something more that not only am I more than fair, but I still have a predetermined will concerning your life. And I'm going to show it to you in the scriptures. Are you with me? Number one, Adam's name means man. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> you ain't got it. Adam's name means man. Y'all with me? Adam had a son. His son's name was what? Don't not Cain and Abel. Seth. Seth's name means appointed. I guess we don't got that script. His name means what? Appointed. He had another son. Seth had a son. His son's name is Enosh. Enosh's name means mortal. Enosh had a son. His son's name was Kenan. His name meant sorrow. He had a son. His son's name was Mahalalel. His name symbolizes or, or means the blessed God. He had a son. His son's name was Jared. Jared's name means he shall come down. He had a son. His son's name was Enoch. Enoch's name means teaching or teacher. Enoch had a son. Enoch's son name meant Methuselah. Y'all ever heard of Methuselah? Y'all never heard nobody say, Lord, she old as Methuselah. All right, I, I, maybe I got old school parents. <laughs> Methuselah means his death shall bring. Methuselah had a son. His son's name was Lamech. Lamech's name means despairing. And Lamech had a son. And his son's name meant, no, his, name, his son's name was Noah. And Noah means rest. Y'all with me? I just said all those names and gave y'all translation. Y'all like, what does that got to do with anything? Noah had Seth. Seth had Enosh. Enosh had Kenan. Kenan had Mahalel. Mahalel had Jared. Jared had Enoch. Enoch had Methuselah. Methuselah was how old? 969 years old. The man almost made it to be a millennial. Methuselah had Lamech, and Lamech had Noah. From Adam to Noah, God was sending us a message. And if you translate all of their names, it makes one complete sentence. And it is man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down teaching, his death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. Meaning that even in our sinful nature, God was giving us a message through those sons that were born. Am I, am, I, am I too deep today? Am I too deep today? God is giving us a message through all of those names. Y'all with me? Man appointed mortal sorrow. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. But the blessed God shall come down teaching and his death, the blessed God death. We know God can't die, so we had to send who? His son, who's also God. But he sent his son, and his son's name is? And his death shall bring despairing rest or comfort. Through the genealogy of Adam to Noah, God was promising us Jesus. 
We did not deserve to even be here after Adam, but yet God is promising us a savior. So now, what do you mean God is not fair when we shouldn't be here to begin with? And even after Noah, what happens? A flood breaks out. Why? Because the earth was so sinful in its nature. The Bible says that the sons of God begin to sleep with the daughters of men. And they begin to birth giants in the land. So God had to wipe out. This is Genesis 6. God had to wipe out the face of the earth. But he saved one man and his family. Y'all quiet. Am I talking too deep? God saved one man and his family because God still had a promise even when we were not worthy. And even after he wiped out all humanity and just kept Noah and his family alive, Noah still had sinful nature. And then we hear about a man by the name of Nimrod. I'm walking you all through Genesis today. And Nimrod and his people decided that they were going to build a tower up to heaven to reach God so that they could make a name for themselves. Uh, But it wasn't for God. It was for their own glory. So what did God do? God tore down the tower of Babel and confounded their languages and gave them different languages so that they could not communicate the same. So now the earth is chaotic again. You got people all around the face of the earth speaking all different types of languages and God is still merciful. And when God does not have to choose anybody, he goes into a land of Ur of Chaldeans and finds a man by the name of Abraham. He did not have to choose Abraham, but because of the pleasure of his will, he chose him. And now Abraham becomes the father of many nations. Abraham did not have to be chosen. There's no scripture that supports why God chose Abraham. God just chose him. And if we could tell the truth, there's no real reason why God chose us. God just chose us. And we need to understand that God is more than fair because he never had to choose you, but yet he still chose you. Look at your neighbor and say, it don't make sense, but I'm chosen. And the truth of the matter is everybody does not have a right to be chosen. God chooses who he wants to be chose according to the pleasure of his will. Am I talking too much? Abraham has about eight sons. First son's name is Esau. I'm sorry, Ishmael. Now, we know in most cases, the firstborn gets the birthright. But God skips him. Gives it to Isaac. Why? We don't know. But just because God, according to the pleasure of his will, knows what he's doing, he chooses Isaac. Isaac marries a woman by the name of Rebecca. Am I, am I talking too much, Bible? Isaac marries a woman by the name of Rebecca. Rebecca is pregnant, and she feels this abnormal pain that she knows don't feel right. She lays down, goes to bed, and God gives her a vision and says that you have twins inside of you because they didn't have ultrasounds back then. So she felt two feet over here, two feet over here. She said, Lord, you give me a baby with four legs. (laughs) 
Sunday right here. God had to come down and say, baby, you got, you, you got, you got twins. It's all right. I ain't putting no wildebeest in you or nothing. <laughs> and he says, not only are you pregnant with twins, but according to my predetermined will, because I want to, the older shall serve the younger. So if we look at the text right there, did Jacob really trick Esau? Or was it already the predetermined will of God that Jacob was already going to be chosen? So when we go through the scriptures, David is the eighth son. Jesse goes to the hill because God says there's a king amongst the sons of Jesse. Samuel goes to the hill to bless the sons. He brings up all of the sons. He brings up Shammah. He brings up Abinadab. And he keeps trying to lay hands on him. And God says, nope, 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 nope. And he says, is this all your sons? He says, yeah, I got one more, but he a little strange. You know, we try to lead the strange ones in the field. And God says, no, 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 no. No, bring, bring the strange one here. That's the one I want to use. <laughs> Truth be told, I thank God he chose me because I'm a little strange. And he brings this little ruddy boy. And he says, that is the appointed one. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It was just the predetermined will of God for me to choose him. And now we see that God chooses David. And when God chooses David, David has Solomon. And we go through generations after generations. And now we find out that he eventually has a great, 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 great grandson by the name of Jesus. But in order for Jesus to be born, David had to be chosen. Judah had to be chosen. Jacob had to be chosen, Isaac had to be chosen, and Abraham had to be chosen. In order for you to get here, certain things had to happen, whether you agreed with them or not. And although God does not look fair, some of the unfairness that happened in our life got us to our destiny. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Who am I talking to in here today? Some of my hurts, some of my pains, some of my disappointments, some of my frustrations, some of the things that made me angry. If it did not happen, I would not be where I am right now. So I thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You preach it up again. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So Paul says, if I would, if I could, I would, I would change things. But I ain't God. And God has purpose and reasoning for everything. I know some of y'all don't like to hear this. But if there was no Judas, come on, y'all. Can I go a step further? It was prophesied in Psalms that Judas would be Judas. Oh. Which means that before Judas came out of his mama's belly, he was predetermined to be Judas. <laughs> and it don't matter how hard his mama would have put oil on Judas, laid hands on Judas, danced around him five times for a miracle on Judas, put a $20 offering on the aisle for Judas, he still would have been Judas. Because it was the predetermined will of God that somebody yes. had to portray had to portray Christ. Yes. <laughs> Certain things have to happen. 
to get us to our destiny. And I talked about this on Bible study on Wednesday. Every single person in here symbolizes a star, right? And all of us, it's our destination. I'm just metaphorically speaking. I'm not saying, I ain't, I ain't making no new theology. All of us are trying to get to our destination to our star. And while we're floating to our stars, we run across people in our lives and we make connections. And then things sever and tied and we're upset and we're crying and we fail to understand the reason why it did not work was because if it, you would have stayed connected to that thing, it would have hindered you from getting to your star. So God disconnects certain relationships and certain patterns and certain things that we do to get us to where we need to be. Amen. Does this make sense? Yes. So when you look back over your life, you're like, man, I remember my buddy Joey. We was, we was, we was, we was, we was solid. Where is Joe, Joey? You look on Facebook and Joey a whole nother person. you like, thank God I stay hanging with Joey. But God put Joey in your life for a certain time, for a certain season. But it was always predetermined that you guys would eventually go separate ways to different destinations. Am I making sense today? So all of these experiences, and they reject the gospel, which shows us that God is not quick to wrath, but he always, throughout the Bible, has shown mercy. I'm going to give you one more example, and I'm going to sit down. All right, so y'all, y'all, y'all get, go, you go to verse 14 through 18. Uh, so, so y'all get mad at God, and you go, you, 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 you're not fair, you're not right. How come this is happening? Let me ask you this. How many of you question your surgeon? <laughs> How many of y'all can go in there and say, nah, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't do that heart valve right, doc? Because I, re- I, I was watching YouTube, and um, <laughs> Dr. I saw do it. He used a fork. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, Doc. Right? You trust him, right? Why do you trust him? Because he did what? How many years? 12, 13 years of school. He done did his internships. He done did residency. He done put in all the work to prove that he's qualified to do that surgery, Right? But somehow, this, we don't question our doctors, we don't question our lawyers, we don't question our, well, you should question your politicians. I'll question my politicians. I voted for you. But, and, and, and more skilled professions, we don't challenge them. But we're the first one to question God on what he's doing. So I was like, okay, I don't question my doctor, but I question God. What if I had to put a help wanted sign up for a new God? Y'all quiet. Who in here could be qualified to be my God? So I wrote out, I was going to put it up here, but I, I, I just wrote it out. I wrote out my own help wanted sign for my God. And if all anybody in here meets every qualification, please raise your hand. Never, cause some of y'all going to lie, so I ain't going to, I ain't going to, I ain't playing with y'all. Somebody here going to raise their hand. Number one, you must be omnipotent. Anybody here omnipotent? Okay. Number two, you must be omnipresent. You must be able to tell me what's going on in my house right now. Anybody? <laughs> Number three, 
You must be omniscient, meaning you must be all-knowing. I must be able to quiz you on anything, and you can give me an answer. Y'all quiet in here. Come on, I'm looking for a new God. Number four, you must be immutable, meaning unchanging. No mood swings, no issue. No, no, no. All right, Miss Tanya definitely ain't my God. Thank you, Jesus. She like, nah, leave me alone. Number four, you must be eternal. You can't die. Where you at? Not only can you not die, but you must have always been. Meaning you can tell me about dinosaurs. <laughs> I want y'all to tell me what was wrong in Jurassic Park. Y'all with me? All right, so I'm saying nobody got in here. Wesley like, nah, bro, you on your own. Number five, you must be self-existent. You, couldn't, you can't have a mama or a daddy. You must have just been. No genealogy, no grandmamas. Where you at? Nobody? Number seven, you must be holy. I could have started with that one, y'all. <laughs> That's why I waited. Last, you must be just. So if none of you meet those qualifications, who are you to tell God what he's doing? Unless you meet every single one of those obligations, unless you meet all of those qualifications, none of us has the authority. We can question. I ain't one of those people that then say you can't go to God and ask God questions because if he's all knowing, he has an answer for you. And truth be told, sometimes he, don't, he ain't gonna tell you. He say, mind your business, I know what I'm doing. But he knows an answer. So I don't question what I'm saying, God, how or why or explain or give me more in depth. Because I believe that we should do that. But I also believe that one of the ways to get more understanding is opening your Bible. There's a whole lot of answers in here. So Paul says in the 14th verse, what shall we say then? Is there an injustice with God? Absolutely not. For he tells Moses, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. Why? Because none of you should be here anyway. So therefore, I can do what I want to do because you already broke the law in Genesis 2. Y'all yes. quiet. Next verse. So then it does not depend on human will or effort, but on God who shows mercy. For the scripture tells Pharaoh, and I'm going to close here, I raised you up for this reason. Look at God so that I may display my power in you and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Pharaoh, I allowed you to be evil so that my will could be done with Moses. Some of your enemies were created and predetermined by God. I know this is, I told y'all this is gonna be tough today. This is the Bible, this ain't me to get you to where you want to go. Well, what if he would have just been a better person? I'm going to help those of us that say just free will. Yes, there is free will. But free will is within time. God is in eternity. Let me ask you this question, and this will answer your whole question to the whole free will question. Can you teach God something new? No. 
So if you can't teach God something new, how can you? Oh, you ain't know I was going to do that right now, God, did you? <laughs> Y'all quiet. Yo, yo, with me? Can you teach God anything new? So if you can't teach him anything new, then he must already know what your next step is. Let's study this. Pharaoh Moses. I feel like teaching today, but I'm going to sit down. Pharaoh Moses. Y'all, y'all, y'all seen the Prince of Egypt? Yeah, no? All right, we're going to have a Prince of Egypt night. Me and Kim, we're going to be here at the church for Prince of Egypt. You never seen Prince of Egypt? No, I said Oh, I thought you said no. I'm like, okay. Anybody, anybody miss Prince of Egypt? We're going to have a movie night. All right. It's a good movie. All right, so y'all, Moses, Moses lived during a time where the children of Israel were raising up and they was just having babies too fast. Y'all remember that? And Pharaoh came up and said, you know what? We got to kill these folks because this is our country. And listen, these immigrants are taking over our country. So we're going to have to build a wall. (laughs) Sound familiar, right? But they said, you know what? We're not going to build a wall. We're just going to kill the babies. So what did they do? They tried to kill the babies before they got here. But somehow... Moses' mama got her to have, she got the baby out faster than they could kill her. But you gotta realize how tough that was. She had to walk around nine months pregnant and not look pregnant. I don't know about y'all, but my wife's little. We couldn't hide her pregnancy. She was all belly. So I would've said to keep her in the house. So imagine this woman for nine months knowing that if they find out that there's something in her belly, they'll kill her. And she makes it, has this baby, but watch this, but out of fear, she has to let the baby go. Y'all got to realize how tough this is. Puts the baby in a basket and pushes him over the Nile River with the hopes that he'll survive. But God, in his predetermined will, because God had a plan for Moses, allowed him to miss every current, allowed him to miss every single bump. Allowed him to miss every single snake. And I don't know if they had alligators in Egypt. I I didn't do my geography. Whatever's in that water. He allowed him to miss all of those things to happen to land right on the other side of the Nile where Pharaoh's daughter was washing herself. And she happened to see this beautiful brown baby and took a liking to him and took him into her house. Gave him every opportunity that her other son had. Pharaoh lived, had the best education. Moses had the best education. Pharaoh ate the best food. Moses ate the best food. Pharaoh was on the first chariot. Moses was on the first chariot. But one day something rose up in Moses when he saw that his people were being destroyed by the Egyptians. And what did he do? He killed a man and ran to the hills of Midian. Now you have two children who grew up with the same privilege, but only one was chosen. And the one that was chosen was the one that was less likely to succeed. But yet God still had a plan 
for the one that appeared to not be the chosen one. And now God not only keeps Moses, but watch this. He shows mercy on Pharaoh. What do you mean? He come, Moses comes to him three times and says, let my people go. And what does Pharaoh do? His heart gets hardened. Moses, through God, speaks 10 plagues and they happen. And what happens? Pharaoh's heart still keeps getting hardened. What shows us that, yeah, Pharaoh could have changed his heart, but because his heart was already evil, God just hardened what was already there. Does that make sense? And sometimes, this is our problem, we grow up with the same privileges as some, someone else. You go to the altar the same Sunday as someone else. You give your life to God the same Sunday as someone else. You make that commitment to follow Jesus the same time as someone else. But somewhere along the line, they go to another road and you're still standing there and it grieves you. Because God does not appear to be fair. Why have you kept me and not have kept them? But the truth of the matter is, is neither one of you should have been kept. I know this is tough to swallow. The real issue, the real truth of the matter is, neither one of y'all should have got saved. But God chose you out of the predetermined will. And just because they went left don't mean that God won't bring them back like a prodigal son. Amen. So our assignment is to pray for them. But also understand that God's will will always supersede your will even when you don't understand it. Did this help somebody today? Was I talking too much? (laughs) So I'm going to give you three points and I'm going to sit down. Point number one. Don't put your desire in front of the will of God. Don't put your desire in front of the will of God. Understand that regardless of whatever your plans are, sometimes God's plans will supersede them. Why? You know why? Because he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And if God has interrupted your plans, it actually means that greater plans are in store. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Anybody ever pray for something and ain't get it? And then you look back a couple months later and say, I'm so glad I ain't get that one. I remember, <laughs> I remember when, when uh, I first got married, I went and got a Jeep Cherokee, but I didn't want a Jeep Cherokee. I wanted a Dodge Magnum. Y'all remember those Dodge Magnums, the big old station wagon joints? I wanted one of those so bad, and next thing I know, I had four kids. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Somebody would have been laying right in the back of the hatch, just strapped down with tape. God knows. That's small, but God knew what he was doing. He said, boy, get that Jeep. Shut up. So sometimes you got to just let God be God in your life. You with me? Number, number two. As much as it grieves us, we must accept what God allows Y'all, it's quiet in here. As much as it grieves us, we must accept what God 
allows. How many of you let God, how many of you seen God do his process and it hurt? Praise God. How many of y'all ever seen God do his thing and you're like, oh. I'll give you the best one. All of us have lost a loved one. All of us. Whether prematurely or they was 90, but even when they was 90, you missed them. Y'all quiet. 95, 110, and you still miss them. Because in your mind, you would hope that they would live forever, but God's will had to be done, whether you liked it or not. And we had to learn, and we have to learn to accept it. Number three, sometimes we have to allow time to reveal God's plan. You know the scripture of the wheat and the tear. And what did he say? Let the wheat and the tear what? Grow together because what? Eventually, you'll know the difference between the wheat and the tear. God will do the separation. And sometimes, Jody, God will make some things that get on our nerves just keep growing beside us. And you're like, God, get this out of my face. And God says, nope, I'm going to let that just chill there for a while. But in due season, I'm going to chop that mess down so that you can have the complete victory in your life. I'm closing, y'all. I hope this helps somebody today. Romans 9 is tough. Um, This Tuesday, we're going to do Romans 10. Um, But uh, I think we got through the hard stuff. But um, I hope you guys got something out of that today. Uh, Share it on the podcast. Uh, We're going to get through Romans. After Romans, I'm excited because we're going to do a series on David. Whole book of 1 Samuel. So that's going to be a while. So um, I'm excited about that. That should start hitting around October. Um, I don't know what else. Would I miss anything? Fourth Saturday of this month, we're going to have a game show, a game night. if you guys are interested, we're going to have a brief meeting after service with uh, Sister Vanessa. She'll be up here. Um, you guys can see with her. She'll give you the details and more uh, stuff in regards to that. Amen? Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. Let's have a word of prayer. And then we're going to serve communion. We're going to get you guys out of here. Praise God. How about them eagles? Praise God. Amen. Amen. How about them Giants playing, them, them Giants, that high school team, the Giants, that the Eagles beat, I mean, that the Cowboys beat. You know them Giants don't count. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me <laughs> Look, he know, he know I got a sense of humor. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord, for meeting us in this place on today, God. We thank you, Lord, for just this message, God, on accepting your perfect will. God, allowing us to understand, God, that sometimes you allow things, even when we don't understand, God. God, give us the strength. God, give us the courage and the understanding to know, God, that you are in control. And God, help us, God, through some of the toughest seasons of our life, God. Help us understand, God, that you will get the victory out of whatever we're going through. And Lord, we praise you. We give you all the honor and all the glory. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us, or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go-hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. 
Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.